Hello, and welcome to the Power Your Advice podcast, brought to you by Advisorpedia. In this series, we interview innovators from across the financial services industry to help you understand who they are, what they do, and why that matters to you and your clients. And now, please join your host, Doug Heikinen. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Alan Strauss is the Senior Partner and Director of Investment Relations at Crystal Capital Partners, a premier independent platform connecting financial advisors to the trillion-dollar alternative investment industry. We're going to be talking to Alan about this industry and the essential components of alternative investments driving portfolio success and financial advisor adaptability. Welcome to the podcast, Alan. Doug, thanks so much for having me. You know, alternatives have grown so much in the past few years. What's the role of alternatives in asset allocation and how does the addition of alternatives affect the creation and management of a portfolio? I know it's a lot, but let's start there. Sure. Let's start first with the fact that alternatives are becoming pretty mainstream. You're alluding to an industry that's soon to be over $25 trillion in size and has really, for probably three decades, continued to become more and more mainstream and, and acceptable and recognized as an asset class that continues to bring to investor portfolios the components of risk mitigation, right? Lower volatility, lower correlation to traditional investments, the possibility for outperformance on a risk-adjusted basis, and the ability for investors to capture an illiquidity premium, which is to say, if I can't have my money liquid tomorrow, the way you could with daily stocks, that you should be able to collect a slight piece of alpha, right? A return above the market's return. And as a result, that's why alternatives continue to be sought after and utilized by institutional investors. And now the adoption process is really happening within the wealth management segment and specific to wealth managers and registered investment advisors. So why should advisors be offering alternatives? I think that the benefits are very real now. We have sufficient data going back 20, 30 years, so over two or three decades, seeing allocators largely in the institutional realm, largely large, uh, very established family offices that have had the ability to have teams that could manage these investments. And for a long time, you know, the 60-40 portfolio has done a, a more than adequate and an excellent job at managing most portfolio investments. But as we've seen probably over the last five years, most prevalently, we have definitely seen many market dislocations over the last 30, 40 years. But if if we look at just the last five years or so, the role of alternatives as this traditional 60-40 portfolio evolves, we're starting to see that the stool of investing should probably have three legs to it and not just two. So you do have your traditional investments, equity and fixed income. And what we're starting to see is that evolution away from 60-40 to more of 40-30-30 and that final 30 being exposure to alternatives, which is painted with a broad brush. You know, you're talking about hedge funds, you're talking about private equity, you're talking about private credit, you're talking about real estate and a number of other sub-strategies. And advisors use alternative strategies to drive their business growth? Look, I think alternatives clearly have a role within client portfolios. We talked about some of their benefits, the ability to provide risk mitigating strategies, the ability to provide you know, risk adjusted outperformance. And the same is true for the advisor, whether it's about being able to compete with other wealth management outfits, specifically whether it's large bank platforms that may have more resources than the RIA, 
But the RIA really sits on the same side of the table. They are a fiduciary. They're not getting paid for introducing product to investors. They're charging an advisory fee for being really the financial quarterback of a family or an individual's asset allocation. And as a result, having exposure to alternatives and being able to deliver these to clients allows them in many cases to win business, to capture more wallet share of existing clients, and really to, to insulate their business from daily revenue fluctuation at the end of the day, where you're talking about them having exposure to daily liquid assets, alternatives have the same softening uh, of their revenue that it does ultimately from a return standpoint, the way it does for an investor's portfolio in terms of mitigating volatility. So mitigating the volatility of their revenue streams. It's becoming a huge thing all in itself. But what are you seeing the demand like for different types of alternatives? Where are the buckets going? That's a really great question, Doug. And it really starts to open uh, a lot of the real barriers to entry that advisors have. If we look at alternatives and we just want to say there are two groups initially, right? There's a more liquid side and a more e-liquid side. On the liquid side, you could put hedge funds. And because these funds are seen as more liquid, right? Semi-annual, quarterly, monthly windows for which clients can make redemptions and, and rebalance portfolios. And those strategies have shown themselves, like we discussed in three decades worth of data, that those strategies being equity market neutral or being long short equity or being relative value risk mitigating strategies. And then there are also somewhat opportunistic strategies, seeing heightened volatility because of geopolitical situations. Macro managers have been able to demonstrate an ability to take advantage in those segments. But now as you look more at the illiquid side, it goes back to capturing that illiquidity premium. If I can't have my money tomorrow, then my expectation is I'm getting a little more return for, for that investment. And when you look at illiquids, then you start to say, all right, in the private markets, 98% of businesses in the United States with 10 million and more sales are actually private companies. So it represents a very vast opportunity for investors who want to either participate with lending funds or with the buyout growth equity venture capital variety. So when you start to look at those additional areas, private credit, the tremendous role that it plays is in generating income. And then on the private equity buyout growth equity venture side, the ability for growth. Right. So having a blend of multiple strategies is critical. It's what institutional allocators have been doing for a very long time. Now the barrier to entry when the advisor says we are seeing based on what we're reading, based on what we understand, based on the information we can collect, that maybe it'd be great to have a portion of the portfolio and some of these other strategies for their specific properties. Well, then how do you do it? And that becomes very difficult. Who are the service providers out there to help independent advisors bring these services to their qualified investors? There's a lot of common misconceptions around alternatives that have put advisors off getting into this space. What are some of those common misconceptions and how can you address those to draw them in? Doug, it's, it's, we always lead with education and that's part of the important elements of what we can do for advisors. Historically, alternatives, again, have been relocated to a certain segment of the investor base. And now as they are becoming more mainstream, generating more mainstream adoption, it's important that investors and advisors alike understand what are the misconceptions of the industry and what are the realities of the industry. Yes, there is a consideration around these potentially being more complex structures. Yes, there are liquidity considerations and reporting can also be more complex, right? You're subscribing to a fund. So an advisor has to be cognizant of the fact 
that if they want to buy multiple funds in the DIY way, do it yourself, then you're going to deal with the fact that you're going to have to have multiple subscription documents for an investor. Then when it comes time for taxes, multiple K-1s will be delivered, capital calls, multiple, and all this insurmountable operational and administrative work becomes a tremendous barrier to entry for the advisor. So let's dismiss these misconceptions that there are solutions that can help make all of this simplified and seamless, which is why ultimately institutional allocators who have the infrastructure in place to deliver and access and report and make changes have had exposure to the asset class and ultimately have had the success that they've had. But for advisors, it's to understand that hedge funds do have liquidity. You generate liquidity in a private market portfolio by being consistently allocating. And that way you're not waiting for a singular liquidity event, but they are really happening through time because you've layered investments successively and been a serial allocator to the space and then have tools that allow advisors to make these types of changes so that they can see things in consolidated ways and then affect these changes across the board when clients have changes in objectives, when there are global economic changes that they see fit, let's make a change to XYZ type of strategy. What's the role of platforms like yours in democratizing both access to alternatives and portfolio management? Well, fintech solutions, Doug, are really starting to become a prevalent adoptive service provider. And then you have to start looking at which ones are really being platform partners and which ones are really just providing access. Access ultimately is the tip of the iceberg, right? There is no shortage of product, but I think we all know that not all managers are created equal. And there really is a subset of funds that maintain institutionality, that have distinguished themselves through time by having consistency, where they as general partners, just like here at Crystal, are substantial allocators into their own structures. And so our aim here at Crystal is really just to make things easier, lower investment minimums so that they can access certain vehicles and not have to make opportunity cost decisions and have a much broader offering to offer to, to provide to their ultra high net worth clients for them to have a unified interface where they can view funds, make decisions about funds, work with a team that can be a sounding board to them and help them make decisions about not just the allocation initially, but throughout the journey of those investments, whether it's, again, private markets or hedge funds for that matter. And then to provide also tools of education and business development, right? Advisors need to be seen as thought leaders and they need to reach out to their clients and prospective clients and educate them about what's really happening out in the industry and being able to share so much about what is really happening with certain managers, where they see the world and allow everyone to make informed decisions. Diversity and inclusion should always be a conversation that we have in so many things. Does it factor into the alternative space? Without a doubt. We are adopters of that internally within our corporate structure. We see women increasingly as investors holding the keys to a very sizable asset base in the trillions of dollars that is now their personal wealth uh, and the ability for advisors to connect with those investors and provide for them strategies that allow them to not only invest capital and generate risk-adjusted returns, but that meets with their objectives as human beings and as thought leaders. And alternatives should certainly be included in those investment decisions. Then from an industry standpoint, we have allocated with women managers and we see them within funds on our platform. And it's notable that especially in alternatives, when you're looking at hedge funds, it's actually a proven fact. The data is readily available through HFRI indices 
But when you look at female managers, oftentimes they are outperforming their male counterparts. This goes back to a role that Crystal can provide based on the objective of the investor, whether it's having access to investments that meet their moral compass, whether it's about having access to investments that meet certain financial and goal-oriented objectives about growth, about income, about diversification, how do you pull these levers? And thankfully, there are fintech solutions like Crystal that has been investing in private funds and hedge funds for that matter for nearly three decades, and now bringing these solutions so that advisors can take advantage of this asset class and certainly be nimble and organized and process-driven while doing it. Tell us a little more about Crystal and how advisors can take advantage of what you're offering. When you look at the way platforms are created in the industry today, there are really two prominent business models. We, for 30 years or thereabouts, since 1994, have been investing in alternatives, and we are an RIA which means that we have no compensation agreements or distribution agreements with any of the funds that are on our platform. There are nearly 60 funds across the asset classes we've described, whether it's private markets and then breaking that down, private equity, buyout, growth equity, private credit, real estate, and similarly on the hedge fund side. So we have a very agnostic view. We also have a conflict-free platform that allows us to sit on the same side of the table as the largest singular allocator into our platform or one of to say to advisors we work with, hey, we sit on the same side of the table, not just with you, but ultimately your investor. And we can support you in the process of building these types of portfolios and delivering these allocations on a through time basis. So it's really our knowledge, our experience of going through multiple market cycles, and then really being a group that assesses managers. We are not a manager, but we find managers that have established themselves through multiple market cycles, through the ability to retain and hire top talent. It's an arms race in the industry. So clearly the managers that continue to find the right mix of folks that work within their organization and deliver value, regardless of what their fee structure is, that is what gravitates investors to those managers. And again, it's necessary to have a mechanism that not only gives you the access, but then to organize these investments through time, because I can assure you the administrative burdens can be complex, but by finding platform partners that allow you to consolidate and integrate these solutions with existing systems, that's really an advantage that Crystal brings to the table. Alan, such great information for advisors and investors. Thanks so much for joining us. Doug, it's been a pleasure. Always happy to participate on the podcast. And again, thank you for, for thinking of us and, and having us as a guest. To learn more about Crystal Capital Partners, please visit crystalfunds.com. Please follow us for timely updates on X, LinkedIn, and Facebook, all at Advisorpedia. For everyone at Advisorpedia, our producer, Julia Smolin, our engineer, Tori Miller, and the Power Your Advice podcast team, this is Doug Heikenman.